Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Yo, what's up, guys? Welcome back to Beyond the Brand Podcast. I'm your host, Evan Pabuda, joined today by our usual co-host, Alex Boudreaux. For those of you who haven't heard, Alex will be fighting, fighting, yes, boxing, in Rough and Rowdy 12 this Friday. He was added to the card on Friday afternoon. We got the news. Pretty excited about it. We're heading down to West Virginia on late Wednesday, early Thursday morning. A um, couple of the boys heading down with us. We're pretty excited about it. It should be a lot of fun. Alex has been busting his ass the last few days uh, in preparation, just trying to get ready for this. He's never fought before. Should be a lot of fun. Should be very entertaining. So I definitely would go check it out. We'll put the link in our bio to order the pay-per-view on Friday. It's only 20 bucks. You know, we're going to definitely uh, do some ridiculous antics uh, while we get on TV. So looking forward to that. But anyway, back to this uh, this episode. This will be our last episode of the season, and we will start season two next week when we do a group recap of our experience going down to Rough and Rowdy. Uh, we'll hopefully, you know, Alex will not be um, mentally fucked up from this fight so he can uh, be able to speak on it and you know we'll have have the boys on too and we'll just kind of talk about our experience the road trip down what it was like going there and and if we have any funny stories from it, which i'm sure we will so you know it's been great doing these interviews and like i said we're going to probably keep doing these moving forward but we want to start incorporating just alex and i um you know and our friends and and things like that on on the podcast uh, we're going to be doing a lot of different segments and we're looking forward to that as well but today's episode we had a really awesome guy professional baseball player Xavier Scruggs. Uh, he spent some time with the St. Louis Cardinals, Miami Marlins, and then he also spent some time playing in Korea and then you know, in a few uh, different Latin countries. You know, He has a background in communications, public speaking, writing, and he's committed to helping young athletes and kind of helping them develop who they are and, and their athletic ability. Um, so he's turning some of his resources and tools that he's made in his time in the MLB into workshops, seminars to help, like I said, help, you know, prepare these young guys for their journey along the way. And then, you know, he's obviously a very close family man. So we talk a little bit about that. We talk a lot about his, uh, you know, his recruiting trips and, and, and being a young guy in uh, playing college baseball. And, you know, we just had some fun. He gives some great advice and just telling us about content creating and things like that. So for people who are looking to get into it, Xavier is really awesome with that now. So I would definitely check out his page and check out everything he's doing at uh, exoathletes.com. Bruce, take it away. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time! Recording out of New York City, New York. Welcome to the undisputed greatest podcast in the world, Beyond the Brand! So, Xavier, I want to thank you for coming on the show, man. Um, take us a little bit through growing up, where your passion for baseball came from, a little about where you grew up, who you are, um, and kind of how you worked your way up to the majors and where you are now uh, professionally. Yeah, yeah. I grew up in uh, – well, first and foremost, thank you for having me. Um, I grew up in San Diego, California. Um, grew up playing baseball, basketball, football, multiple sports. Um, really tried to narrow it down to one sport as I knew that there might be an opportunity for a college scholarship with one of them. Um, and it seemed like baseball was going to be able to take me the furthest. And um, so I just tried to stick with baseball once I got to my junior, senior high school and, 
ended up getting drafted my senior year to the uh, Mariners, Seattle Mariners. But uh, college education was something that was always important to me and, and uh, kind of stressed by my parents. They both went to uh, a four-year university and got their degrees. So it was something that I was always excited about. So I uh, forego, I forego went um, getting drafted and signing um, and ended up going to UNLV Las Vegas um, played baseball there. I knew I, I knew I would have the opportunity to get drafted again. So I, I really tried to fo- focus for three good years and give myself the other, another opportunity and got drafted after my junior year with the, uh, the St. Louis Cardinals and grinded through the minor leagues for a good seven years before I got to the big leagues in 2014. Um, Played with them 2014-15, played with the uh, Marlins in 16, took it over to Korea for a couple of years, and then played in Mexico last year, and now I'm a, currently a free agent. But um, it's a, it was always the, – the baseball journey for me was always, um, you know, getting to the major leagues. That was kind of always my pinnacle. And then once I hit that opportunity and, and saw – like I had an opportunity to experience baseball in a different country – um, and different culture, uh, that was my mindset kind of changed. And I just wanted to have the opportunity to play in multiple different places and just see the world in, in different ways. So um, for me, uh, the drive uh, kind of always came from the motivation of, of getting to the big leagues and, and being a big league player. And once I got to that um, goal, it was like, hey, the sky's the limit now. Now you can do whatever else you want to do. So uh, it's taken uh it's taken me a good a good route and um I'm very blessed to be in the position that I've that I've been in how the hell was it going to college in Las Vegas (laughs) (laughs) like you gotta have some like crazy ass stories over there (laughs) bro I got so many crazy stories (laughs) you know that's the thing is like like for me, luckily, I was always able to be like really focused on baseball. I'm happy that I was drafted out of my uh, out of high school because it let me know like, okay, if you stay focused for three years, like you'll be good. And so like I even even when I tried to like stray off a little bit, maybe going to the clubs too much, or maybe going out, even though I wasn't even 21, I was never 21 during my college uh, time. Um, so it was crazy like had to get the fake ID, had to go do all the, all the fun stuff. But then like when it was a little bit, like I caught myself, okay, let's get back to being focused. Like, you know what the ultimate goal is. Um, so yeah, it's a, some crazy stuff, man. Oh, there was one time I'll give you guys a quick story. I was a junior. Um, and I was like, at that point where I was like, I know I'm going to be drafted. So I need to just experience it. Like this is my last year in Vegas. I need to go all out. So I had been going out a lot. Um, and then one, and, and when I would go out, I'd be like telling people in Vegas, it's like someone's always trying to be somebody they're not. And so I kind of fell into that trap a little bit. And I was like, you know what? Let me just tell people I'm already a professional athlete. Let me tell them I'm a big leaguer already. So I would start telling girls that. And um, one day I was talking at the bar with like a pretty good looking older, older woman. And I was like, yeah, I play for the San Diego Padres. We're just out here for a bachelor party, having a good time. And um, it's always our go-to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we always say it's a bachelor party. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, you guys know her, so you guys know yeah, we're, goes, we're the so. funner for the Colts or yeah. something like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you gotta my, make my, it. My, my one buddy plays uh, football 
in the NFL. And every time I'm out with him, I'll say, like, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I'm the punter on the call. I'm the, I'm the punter. When he was in college, he said I'm the punter at Notre Dame. That's why he used to tell everyone. And they believe me. So. <laughs> yeah, see, that's the thing. It's like everybody believed me until this night. Um, you know, I was like saying, going through my spiel, yeah, I played for the Padres, whatever. The next morning, I had baseball practice. And our manager of our team, he said, X, I need to play you a message and I'm going to play it in front of the whole team. And it was the, the husband of the woman that was at the bar. He called in and said, excuse me, uh, Coach Goldsmith, um, I think you have a player by the name of Xavier Scruggs going around telling people he's a professional baseball player, talking to older women. He's underage. He shouldn't be in bars. He's at a bar, blah, blah, this and that. And I think he should be removed from the team. That doesn't seem like the right, uh, you know, college mentality to have playing for you. And you were probably shitting so, your pants, like, in the moment. I would, bro, I would. Yeah, wait, 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 wait. Was any of the guys who were with you, were they looking at you like, holy shit? Like, were they freaking out? Like, I, well, at first, like, he told me straight up, like, the, the, the coach told me straight up, like, he's like, hey, listen to this message. And it was just me and him. And he's like, I'll play this in front of the team because I want to use it as an example for, like, what can happen if you're doing the wrong things. So immediately I was tripping and I was like, but the good thing is the coach was like, Hey, I know this wouldn't be you doing some stuff like this. He's like, if you get into some trouble, like there's always going to be people that are going to try to, you know, put something on you. So just be aware of that. So he kind of understood like, Hey, I know you're going to be doing some stuff sometimes, but at the same time, like you're one of my guys, like we stick together as a team. So luckily that was the case, but he did play the message in front of the whole team everybody that's when everybody was like what x what are you doing and then um and then you know what it was it was a lesson to me though because it was like hey like you can't afford to like lose your position on this team and you're supposed to be a leader on the team like you got to be uh you know setting the right example so that that got me back in the gear and it was like hey that's a kickstart let's get it done let's get out of here let's go on and play pro ball so that was like one of the stories, but man, I got so many stories. I, I seen Kanye West up here wilding out at the, at the Wynn hotels, like up, up at the top suites. Um, I had no business being there. You know, you just run into random people being in Vegas and you get invited to like random stuff. So it's, it's been, it's been crazy, but we'll, we'll get more into that later on. Yeah, I can only imagine. Jeez. <laughs> Tell me a little bit. I mean, I, we'll get into uh, playing internationally. Tell me about what it was like playing in the MLB. I mean, daunting, you know, MLB season, 162 games. I mean, it's, it's completely yeah. different from anything that you've done before. Tell me what that was like. Yeah, it's a, it's a different beast because, like you said, you play every day. Um, you know, you, you're really using your body every day. And a lot of people don't realize, like, you're up at the field a lot of times, like maybe four or five hours before the game, especially, like, the shoes I was in. I was a rookie for a couple of years. So the rookies, they're always getting there early. I would be up, up there, like, 1, 2 o'clock. The game's not till 7. Um, trying to study film, like learn some of these major league pitchers, um, you know, hitting in the cage early with the hitting coaches, trying to get in good with them. So I get, get some time before the veterans get in. Um, so that part was, is like a normal grind, but at the same time, it was like, yo, you've gotten to the pinnacle of where you've like always had a dream. So my dream, like getting to your dream is something that very few people get to do. So I really tried to, um, you know, soak it all in. I didn't want to take anything for granted. Um, and I really tried to compete as high at the highest level as I could. 
Um, so that was, that was like cool for me is just seeing the fruition of all the work that I put in, in the past. Um, you know, when you're like 10, 9, 10, 11 years old, you're like, man, I wish I could be a professional baseball player. Like I want to be in the MLB one day, like that actually happened. So I, I'm so fortunate to be able to say that. Um, and at the same time, it was like, I have to give a, a shout out to all the people that helped me get into that position because there's so many people you guys know just in your own profession. Like there's so many people that help you get to that spot and it's not all you, you know, there always could have been one wrong turn or, you know, one wrong decision. So uh, I was blessed to have great people around me, great mentors. Um, and my work ethic was always like, Hey, you got to get to the top. Like there is no stop. There's sac you guys know you got to make sacrifices um, you're going to grind, like I grinded seven years in the minor leagues and a lot of people, you know, after, after five or six years, they'll call it quits to go get a normal job. But I was like, no, nah, I know, I know what I'm capable of doing and I'm going to get it done. So that was kind of like my mentality. That brings me to a point. I'm glad you said it. Cause we, we actually talked to uh, an actress the other day. She was in Jersey boys. Um, and we had a big talk with her about, you know, asking for help. And like, that's a big part of trying to get to where you want to go, achieving your goals. And a lot of people now, they lack communication or they're afraid to ask people. And I know you're yeah. big, I, mean, I follow you on social media. I'm, I know you're big on like all these types of things, you know, growing your brand, like help, like talk a little bit about that. Like asking for help, getting help from other people, how big that is to accomplish your goals and dreams like you did. Yeah, man, that's, and, and it's understandable that it's tough because, you know, people don't, you know, want to, one, they want to try to figure it out on their own. And two, it is tough to ask for help because it puts you in a vulnerable position. Like you don't know something, you know, but I've realized along the way, that's the biggest way that you learn is asking people for help and trying to figure out, Hey, what are the next steps? People that have already been through it. Um, you know, and, and just being a professional athlete, you see so many guys that are in front of you or, or, and behind you as well. So it's like, okay, I have a lot of guys to reach out to for help. I have a lot of coaches, you know, luckily I was, I was a, a college athlete and I had um, a guy by the name, you guys might know, David Justice. He was a two-time World Series winner at uh, Atlanta Braves, like big time guy. I was able to call him up and be like, hey, I'm struggling with this. Can you, can you talk to me a little bit? Can you simplify it? Like, so I had people in place that I could lean on and I understood the importance of that. Um, but at the same time, it doesn't make it any easier. You guys know, like just asking for help is, is tough because you put yourself in a vulnerable position. But more times than not, once you actually put yourself out there and get the answer that you want or that you're looking for, like you feel so much better about it. So um, I started navigating those situations a lot better and realizing that, hey, if I want to be at the top of my game and, and not just with baseball, but with other things, like you said, branding yourself, like I don't know anything about as being an athlete, like branding myself, but I realized the importance of it after I see the influence that athletes have today and even outside of their sport. So it, in order for me to use my platform use my influence like I'm going to reach out to somebody that knows more about brand content than I do somebody that knows about marketing yourself you know so that stuff is important to me um, but just to answer your question like I've learned along the way that those things are so important now mm -hmm. and it's, it's so big too because I mean we, we've talked about numerous athletes and things like that and what people what athletes need to realize now more than ever is that when you're playing, when you're currently playing professional sports, the most famous you'll probably ever be. So you should utilize that platform, especially now with social media, to, to give yourself that platform for a post-playing career or start your business venture now 
post playing, it's already grown. You know what I'm saying? Like it's already right. So um, I think I think one thing too is like a lot of athletes don't understand what that really means. Like Brandon yourself, like we hear it a lot, and we think sometimes we think okay, social media pictures, blah blah this and that. But we don't really know, like, okay, how do I brand myself? What are the steps that I need to take? Why is it important, you know, for me to do it now? So I think those are the th- sort of the things that kind of need to run through the athlete's head before they even, you know, understand the concept. Because I remember when I was, like, playing, and even my wife now, she would say, like, hey, you need to be branding yourself. And I'd be like, I'd be like, why? What, what, what is the point? Like, you know, it's, I understand, like, I'm going to do something after baseball, but why is it so important now? Mm-hmm. So I think that's, that's, that's something that we need to get across to athletes, especially baseball, because they're so far behind in the branding sense itself. Definitely. Was that something you realized in college or is it something like recently? Brandon? That's something I, that's something I realized probably, um, you know, a couple of years ago, not even, not even in college. Uh, it would be kind of going into the, my later years of the minor leagues and realizing, okay, I used to write a blog and I didn't realize like how much my blog was able to affect like Cardinals fans and people. And then like, I started getting followers just from that. And I was, I was a minor leaguer. I wasn't playing in the big leagues yet, but I realized like, Hey, I kind of have a voice and now understanding, okay, I can use my voice for positivity and things like that. Um, that started to take place during that time. But I didn't know anything about that until, you know, until my later years in the minor leagues. Yeah, that's awesome. So take us a little bit through – actually, you know what, I'm going to ask you this. Who was some of – let's hear some MLB stuff now, too, while we're on it, and then we'll go into your post-playing beyond baseball. Who was probably, like, someone you met or encountered when you made it to the big leagues and you were like, holy fuck, like, holy shit, like, this is so-and-so. Yeah, yeah. So I kind of got a taste of that probably my first year I came up um, with the Cardinals, Yadier Molina, um, you know, big name in the the Cardinals organization. Um, But he's somebody that I came and I sat right next to locker-wise. Like, I'm like, wait, why is my locker not, why is my locker not like toward the bathroom? Like it's right next to Yadier Molina. So I'm like sitting there just kind of watching what he does and seeing the little things. And I'm like, this guy just leads by example and everybody respects him. And when he speaks, everybody's like, like just eyes wide open listening. So like that affected me and that that's how I wanted to be as a player. It's like, I want to be somebody that everybody looks at and says he does the little things right. Uh, so that was kind of like one of those shell-shocking moments when I first got to the big leagues. And then seeing guys like when I got to the Marlins, I played with Christian Yelich, uh, Marcelo Zuna, and Stanton were all in the outfield at the time. So just seeing some big-name guys like that. And they weren't even like the MVP-type caliber player they are now. But at the same time, it's like you know the potential. Like you know that there's something different. Um, I played with Ichiro at the same time with them. Um, I first I met Ben. That must have been cool, Ichiro. That's sick. Ichiro's dope, man. He's, he's somebody <laughs> that's just like, you know, he's just having a good time. But at the same time, like, he's so focused. Like, this guy, there's a reason why this guy played 20-something years professionally. Like, he, he was still a baller at the age of 40. So it's crazy. Um, I first got to meet Barry Bonds, my first spring training with the Marlins. And this guy's sitting here talking to me, having coffee and breakfast and spring training, just like I'm a normal dude. And I'm like, 
I'm like, whoa, man, this is Barry Bonds right now. He's like, hey, you want to go hit? I'm like, yeah, I, I want to go hit. <laughs> so it's like, it's crazy. He's my hitting coach. And, um, you know, he's just somebody that has so many, so many little tidbits. And he totally thought differently than everybody else. That's why he destroyed the game. Like, he didn't think like a normal athlete. So um, you start to just realize some of those things. Don Manley being my manager there. Um, and even going back to like when I when I was with the Cardinals, even going back to guys like um, Adam Wainwright, like guys that are such big leaders in the clubhouse and so guys that have been doing it for so long, like that's the ultimate goal is to be there for like a long period of time and like do it the right way. So it's cool to see some of those guys for sure. That's awesome. So with like Molina sitting next to him, were you like picking his brain all day? Bro, I was, I was, the, the thing about Molina is like, he's so quiet. Like you didn't know if I, if I should have picked his brain or like if I should just leave him alone, you know? So I would try to pick my bones, but definitely had to like ask him questions, um, you know, try to find out the little things like, Hey, what do we, what do I do in this situation? You know, uh, me being a rookie, like, what do I, what do I need to be? How do I need to be navigating myself? When should I be hitting? You know, when should I be taking a break? Like, cause sometimes as a rookie, you don't feel like you can take a break, like before the games, like you need to be doing ground balls, you need to be doing base running. Like, so you try to figure out those things when you get up there and you need a guy like that to kind of, Hey, this is how things go, you know, especially different. Every team is different. Yeah. It's like a perfect situation, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Right next to him. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So take us now through, you know, playing internationally. Uh, tell, tell us a little bit about what it was like playing Korea and Mexico. Like, take us through that whole experience and how different it was from life here in MLB. Yeah, yeah, man. I was uh, – I remember when I first got called 2000, 2017 – no, the end of 2016, after playing with the Marlins, I was a free agent. They took me off the roster. And I was like, okay, another team will pick me up. So let's give it some time. And then my agent calls me and he's like, hey, X, he's like – I think uh, we got an opportunity to go to Korea. And I was like, go where? And he was like, hey, we, you, got, you got opportunity to go to Korea. They're, they got a contract on the table. And I was like, I was like, bro, I never even heard about baseball in Korea. I don't know anything about that. And I had heard about Japan, like people going to Japan, making some good money. And he was like, he was like, yeah, but look, this is a team that just signed. Uh, they just had Eric Thames over there for a couple of years. He just signed for a $13 million deal back to the MLB. He's like, you would be replacing him and you could possibly do the same thing. And I was like, all right, well, give me some time to think about it. And he's like, well, they gave you two days. And I was like, I was like two days to sign. And he was like, yeah, you got two days. So basically I was like, no, I can't, I can't make a decision like that take my wife across the world in two days and make that type of decision. So I turned it down originally and I started like backtracking after a couple of weeks and like, man, Jess, like talking to my wife, Jess, like this could be like a dope opportunity. We go overseas, experience a different culture, um, you know, eat different food, like see their way of life. Um, and then maybe come back and, you know, ball out, come back and see what happens. And, uh, I tell people all this time when I when I told her I was thinking about doing it, she like basically slapped me in the face. She's like, "Where I'm not going? I'm not going across the world." She's like, "You can go, but I'm not going." <laughs> and I was like, "I was like, I can't do it without you." So like after a couple of weeks of us just like kind of bickering back and forth, like but understanding that there was so many more positives to it, um, I ended up calling my agent back. I was like, "Hey, if the opportity's still there, like." 
let's roll with it. I'm, I'm ready to go. Like, and he was like, the opportunity doesn't seem to be there, but I'll call him and see what happens. Cause they had actually signed another guy. Uh, but they ended up trading another guy to that team. I was the foreigner that can, came and played for the NC Dinos. Um, so they made room for me and um, it, it was, it was good to go, but uh, just the experience in the culture over there was a totally different experience. Um, very respectful culture. Um, I had amazing time over there. Me and my wife had our first son over there. So that was crazy itself. Um, and that, but that tells you how comfortable we were over there. We had a great time. Um, team was a good team. Uh, I played well over there, so I have no complaints. And um, it was, it was an experience I'll never forget. How, how did they treat you being an American baseball player going over there? Like how was yeah, that? As an American, you're treated like a rock star. Like literally um, you're so recognizable and, you know, me being black, I stood, stood out like a sore thumb. Like everybody knew who I was. So I was getting mobbed all the time with autographs and all that. And, uh, but it was cool. Like it was, it was recognition because I knew I had played well um, and people wanted my autograph. That's always a good thing. So it was cool being, um, you know, considered a rock star over there and um, having my family get opportunities. Like people helped us have a vacation, like in, in a place that we would have even known about, like uh, an island by itself. It was crazy. So it led to like amazing opportunities and experiences. Um, and, and it's cool to see the fan culture over there be so passionate. Like nobody's on their phone during the games. Everybody's jumping around, cheering, throwing, uh, throwing like flags up and, and doing all this stuff. And it's crazy. It's, it's a cr totally different atmosphere out there. You know, it's so crazy to me is sports like baseball and basketball, like internationally, it's like you don't have to speak the same language, but you know how to play the game. You know what I mean? Like, it's, like all these guys on your team, like there might be language barriers and stuff, but at the end of the day, you, like – it's what you've been exactly. doing in life, so it's it's awesome. Seeing just throw that. hand signals. Yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at some point, you're just playing charades, and, you know, you, f you figure it out as you go. But the good thing is, like, a lot of the guys over there, especially in Korea, like, learning English is important over there. So they try to learn English, and they try to practice it. And baseball, like, a lot of the same words are the same. So it was, it was, uh, it was cool. And I had a translator 24-7, so it was cool. That's awesome. Also, people don't realize how tough it is like being an athlete and being in a relationship and going from like country to country, state to state, moving around. Especially even baseball being regular season. Like I, we were talking about this yesterday, baseball I, players, they've, tr they've spring training. Then they had their in season for about how many months from April till October. Right. right, right. Deep and then you're back in spring training in February. Like you only have like three, four months. You gotta have like a down girl to like. <laughs> right. oh, for real, that's it. no. You're right. They gotta they gotta know the deal. Basically, that's what it is. Like the good thing is my wife, her brother, he played for the Padres for a little bit in the Padres organization. So she already knew like the lifestyle is is rough. So um, she was familiar with it. The good thing is like she had her own job. She was familiar with like working hard for her own money. So it was somebody that like we dated for almost five five years before we even got married. So like, honestly, she was like the, the sugar mama before I even got to the big leagues. So I knew she was down, you know what I'm saying? Like she understood the game um, and she's somebody that I could grow with and always pushing me to be a better person and a better player. So it was cool. See, we, we were talking to Patrick Ewing Jr. And he went to like three teams in the span of like three months. Yeah, in high school. Yeah. Oh, and, and, and when he got yeah, professionally. When, when he got drafted, yeah. yeah. 
this great. Yeah, that, and you, you guys know, just as an athlete, like sometimes we just see, and as a fan, we just see the lights and the name on the jersey. And like, it, it, the good thing is like, like you guys, this, this name beyond the brand, you getting to see like what goes on behind the scenes. It's like, it's not all easy. You know, there's a lot that goes through, goes to it. Absolutely. It's a perfect transition. Yeah, perfect transition. <laughs> um, while we're on the Korea, Korean baseball thing, I saw since the ESPN was televising it, you were, you were doing a little commentary too with uh, ESPN, right? How was that? Yeah. Is that something you'd be interested in down the line? Yeah, yeah. Something I'd definitely be interested in down the line. Um, I've always been interested in media and just kind of what comes along with it. Um, and especially doing what you guys are doing, like learning somebody's story. I feel like that's so important and um, being able to convey to people why their story is so important um, and being able to tell your own story. So it's cool for me to be able to jump on the ESPN KBO broadcast and, and just give them little pieces of my journey along the way, um, give them insight uh, just because I've been through so much. So I feel like I have so much to offer. Um, and it's just cool to see what, what a lot of these people do, even like producers and like, the people behind the scenes and all that, like so much work goes into it. And you don't realize it a lot of time, especially as an athlete, like you just out there playing, but like so much goes into people being able to watch you play. Yeah. So I think it's really cool uh, how that kind of is, is worked about. See, it's crazy. We talked to an NFL agent, Jim Walter, and um, who's his, who's his, uh, Miles, Miles, Miles Garrett. Garrett. You know Miles Garrett, right? Yeah, yeah. When he hit Mason Rudolph in the head with that. Right. <laughs> People who don't like actually know Miles Garrett, they see that on TV and they think, oh, he's a bad person. Jim yeah. Walker, and he's actually like a really yeah. great guy. He said he's like, actually like a nerd. Like he like, like, re like he, good with the kids. Like, like he said he. No, that's great. what I. That's what I remember from um, what's it called the uh, Hard Knocks. I remember they had him on there and he was like reading books and he was just like he didn't want to be said, on camera they, and stuff he told us that he was like uh like he would prefer like read books and like discover like the cure to cancer like he's like real nerdy like like science like he likes it's like the nicest guy yeah, ever. Like, yeah just one bad thing and everyone thinks he's, he's like an asshole yeah it's crazy it but tells you it only takes one thing to tick somebody off yeah <laughs> that, that's why we're doing this podcast is show like you know beyond the brand yeah Right, yeah. And not even and not even just this, eventually wanting into us. So, you know, once we have a following, it's getting beyond to know who we are as people and what we do and what we're about and what we'd like to do. So it's branding for the people we bring on and for ourselves, for everyone. I mean, that, that's that's what we want to do is bring it to light. So Yeah, because you guys have a story too. That's the, that's that's what it is. Exactly. So uh, we'll transition now to, you know, beyond baseball. It's a good transition. We're, we're talking about it here. Um, tell, tell us a little bit about the podcast, what you're trying to do. Um, with the, I want to get the name right, Extraordinary Athletes and the X-Skills Challenge, too. Take, tell us a little bit about both. Yeah, yeah. so the, I'll start with the X-Skills Challenge. That was something that um, I just said, hey, I want to try to find a way to give back to uh, the community that I grew up in. Um, and I was like, you know what, let's do, a, let's do a camp, but let's do it different. Like, everybody does a camp the same way. Like, here's some instruction. Um, you know, here's five ground balls. Take your ground balls. And then let's play a little game afterward. I was like, you know what, let's make it different. Let's bring current big leaguers to the stage. Let's bring them to the field, have them compete with the athletes, the young athletes, however old they might be, 10 to about 16 or 8 to 16, and just ha like have fun. Like first give them some instruction, but then let the athletes compete and then give them actual feedback on how they looked and what they did, whether that be hitting, pitching, 
defense, um, you know, whether base running. So all the all five tools of the game. So I just wanted it to be a little bit different. And I feel like it was a good experience allowing athletes, uh, professional athletes to be on the field with the youth athletes, having fun um, and not just teaching them, but actually being a part of it together. So that was the X skills challenge. Uh, I did one of those in San Diego. The next one uh, will be in Tampa. I'll do another one in San Diego. That's where I grew up. So I'll always do them in San Diego, but just want to be able to do them all over the place, especially with the network that I have um, and just being able to have guys come to the field and talk to these kids. And it's been a lot of fun. Um, Extraordinary athletes is something that I started um, around the same time as the first camp. And it was just a way for me to say, Hey, let me show the youth that they have influence that they can impact people um, the right way positively like today we have so many so-called influencers on tv and on social media and stuff and i'm like but what about influencing people the positive way the right way Um, those are what we need to grow our youth into understanding Um, because social media is everything so there's no way around it Um, but i want people to understand especially the youth to understand that hey I don't have to follow everybody else and what everybody else is doing, but I can lead in my own way. And I want to be able to give them the life skills um, in order to do that and have other people come in, whether that be athletes, people in the athletic industry, whoever, be able to come in and give them the same information and say, hey, this is what my road looked like. This is what my path looked like. Yours might be similar. Who knows? Um, but I'll, let me give you the tools. Let me give you some of those intangibles that we don't learn in school, like how to be a leader, how to uh, set some goals for ourselves, how to build a routine, um, how to have self-discipline, how to be motivated, all those little things that we just sometimes take for granted that, okay, you're supposed to know that stuff. No, how do I really get taught that? And how do I apply it to my life? That's extraordinary athletes. What age group are you targeting? Eight to about 16. Um, we have... Uh, We have some people that also, so I do it virtually now, but there's actually going to be an actual facility built here in Tampa and extraordinary athletes will be along with the actual athletic facility. So it'll be more of a, um, more of a laid back type of uh, feel for, you know, whether that be motivational speakers coming in, whether that be workshops, um, just an environment for athletes to come in and feel, you know, laid back and Hey, whatever comes comes, but I'm going to learn something today. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. How many uh, workshops or like seminars have you done so far? Yeah. So we've done probably about 10 to 12. Um, it's, and, and virtually I'll work one-on-one with kids as well. So that's been really cool too, because I can actually break down kids talking to me and saying, Hey, this are some things I struggle with. These are some things I do really well. Well, let, let's write a plan for you. How are you going to get, you say you want to be a big leaguer, how do we make those steps to get there? Or you say you want to be an MLB star, NBA star. Let's make some steps to get in there. Let's talk about how we'll get there, um, you know, and break it down to them and have them understand why preparation is so important. You know, why, you know, eating is so important, the eating the right foods, you know, certain things like that, that uh, just helps jumpstart their opportunity to get to where they want to be. So this is just like lifestyle sports in general. It's not just. Yeah. Okay. Are you the no, only- no. Yeah. All sports, all athletes. Um, and I, I, yeah, I, I cater to athletes, but at the same time, like everything is, is for everybody, you know, I can say it's for athletes, but literally it applies to everybody. Yeah. Are you the only athlete running it or coaching? I'm, 
I'm the I'm the main athlete running it. Yes. Okay. And you bring other athletes on with you, similar to what you do with the Skills Challenge too, right? That come in and help you out. Yeah, yeah. I'll bring other athletes on. They'll participate. We'll team up. Um, you know, there's nobody that's not allowed to be on the athlete on the extraordinary athletes team. You know, so we're we're accepting love, everybody. Comes. I love how you found a way to connect that Skills Challenge with the extraordinary athletes thing too. Like, I, like it's it goes hand in hand. I love that. But um, yeah. and again, it goes back to right. You're using your platform and the people you've met along your journey to come help you yeah. out now with your ventures now, which is, it's awesome. And that's what we try to, especially when we talk to athletes, it's like what we try and bring up the most is, is it's, you can't stress enough about building your brand and making the connections that you are, have at your disposal that you'll, you probably will never have again, which is awesome. So commend yeah, you. No, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And you guys know it's all about building relationships. Like while I was playing baseball, I was sometimes more concerned about like learning about another guy's journey or learning like, hey, how did you get here? Like, what do you struggle with? Uh, you know, feeding off of other people. And then that eventually builds into a good relationship, a good friendship. And then you can, you know, bond outside of baseball. You know, you can have a relationship outside of baseball and that provides opportunities for all types of things. Awesome. So I have a quote here from you that you posted not too long ago. Um, and I want to read the quote to you and I want you to tell me a little bit about what your plans are moving forward. Like what's next for you. Um, the quote you posted was I'm 32. I basically played three innings of my nine inning life. I have six more innings to go. And if you think about it prospectively, that's two thirds of my life to go out there and do what I need to be successful. So tell me what, what's next for you in, in the yeah, next yeah. two thirds of your life. Yeah, yeah, so sure. basically that quote, um, I got that from my father-in-law, and he's the one that told me, like, hey, you've only played one-third of your life. You like, And basically what it meant to me when I first heard it was, like, baseball doesn't define you. Like, your sport doesn't define you. Your career doesn't define you. It's, like, the platform that you have to use now, like, how far can you go with it? Where, where does the next six innings go? And for me – um, you know, that's just going to be impacting as many people as possible, whether that be through media, whether that be through being a life coach, um, you know, whether that be through being an actual baseball coach, whatever that may be, I'm willing to take any avenue it takes to help build other people, especially young people, to understanding that they have an influence on their world, on this society. Um, and the reason why I'm so passionate about that is because, you see where pop culture is today. You see where athletes are today. Like those are the people that have the most influence on what everybody does. Like everybody's looking at pop culture. Everybody's looking at athletes. Like these are, these are people that are not just playing their sports anymore. They're becoming like leaders in the political world in the business realm. Like they're going to be controlling a lot of the things moving forward. So I think it's important to let athletes know youth athletes know, like you have a voice, um, use your voice for positivity understand like i said earlier like you don't have to follow what everybody else is doing it's easy on twitter instagram hey i need to get my followers up yeah everybody wants to do that i want to do that but where are you leading your followers right like you need to be leading them in a positive direction or a direction that allows them to understand okay this person is has content that is intentional you know what i'm saying so that's that's what i'm trying to have young athletes understand young people in general understand is like no, you have a path to move forward in a positive way and you can change things in this world the right way. Yeah, I love that. What would your advice be to someone who's trying to drive 
you know, a following to their social media pages, YouTube subscribers, whatever the case may be. Like, what would your advice be to those people? Yeah. Yeah. Just uh, my, my one thing that I've heard from somebody else and it's kind of helped me a lot is like, just be transparent. Like, let people know what your struggles are, you know, let people know your downfalls, your errors. I just posted something today about my errors. Like I posted me making an error on Instagram. And it's like, a lot of times it's easy to make the highlight realm uh, or the highlight film for your Instagram, whatever social media. But it's like, if you show people that you're real and you know, you go through struggles, but like what you've learned from them as well, um, that that's what attracts a real organic following and the people that you want to follow you. Um, I've kind of learned that it's like not so much about, you know, attracting as many people as possible, but attracting the right people. Quality. Because exactly because those people will get your word, get your word out the right way. Exactly. And they're trusting you and you're providing value for them. Exactly. Exactly. And like, with all those people like connecting to me, it's, I don't know any of them. <laughs> I like, I like what you said about being like real, being raw too. Right. Like, I mean, we talked about it too on, on the episode the other day, uh, being, be, putting yourself out there is, is the most vulnerable thing you could possibly do. Like, you know what I mean? And it's tough. Yeah. It's hard to get past that. But once you do, I mean, we talk about our first podcast to the one we're recording now and the ones we just released. It's night and day, the, the improvement. And it's only been a few months. You know what I mean? A year from now, two years from now, three years from now, you're going to see the progress and you're going to be like, wow, like, I can't believe that's what we put out back then. You know what yeah. I mean? You just to put yourself out there and show the path and the journey of where you started and where you are now, it, it's pretty cool to look back on it. And with the circumstances too, we had to adapt to that. Yeah, we were in a studio and then we now we're doing it in our living room. You know what I mean? On Zoom. Exactly, exactly. And that's the thing too is like, another thing is like, keep knocking them out. Like, even if you like, man, this one sucked or like, I, I didn't feel good about this one or whatever, like just keep banging them out because you'll start learning stuff about yourself, about how to, how to be better on camera, how to be better on the microphone. And then you'll start, okay, this is how I pick off better questions or get a better story from somebody. Like it doesn't matter necessarily the results or like who's listening all the time and all that stuff. Like, keep learning during the process because that's when you really evolve. I was, I like went through and like, I mean, I listen like when we're in the editing process, but like I actually was going through and listening to like our intros and stuff. Cause we do like a pre-recorded intro, like I said, and I just heard how much better we've gotten with each one. Like, you, like the first couple were cringy, like so, cringy so as fuck. Like I, I was like, um, I don't even listen to them. Yeah, I was like, I was like, I was like, I was like, um, and, um, um, uh, I like said, um, every other word. And I was like, holy shit. Like, I can't believe I put that out there. Like, but now no. I hear it and now I try to make a note of it as I try when I do these intros, you know what I mean? It's, it's progress. It's right. growing and learning the process. So. Right. Right. And even some of the best speakers, like they say, um, and all that stuff all the time. Like, but if you have some real intent behind what you're talking about, like people don't even hear that stuff. Agree. Agree. How's, how's your podcast going? You have one, right? Yeah, it's going well. Um, I've, I've done 20, I think 26 episodes um, and that I'm considering that my first season. So now I I'm kind of thinking I want to stick toward documenting this baseball season because it's crazy itself. Um, so I want to try to get as many baseball guests on as possible in the industry. Let me ask um, so that's my goal. Let me ask you a quick question. How do you feel about the shortened season? Like with like 60 games? I love it. I think it's going to be. I think it's like, at first I was kind of like, ah, oh, this is going to be whack. But then now I'm like, 
I think Trevor Bauer said something and I don't always listen to Trevor Bauer, but he was like, each game means it's worth like three games basically. Right. So that's, and that kind of broke it down to me. It was like, anybody can, if somebody takes off, like anything could happen. So it actually makes it more interesting. And that's what goes with when I got saying before the 162 game season, a lot of these teams might not do anything until the all-star game. Right. And then after that, then it, then they flip the switch. Now it's like you said, every game matters. Like anyone yeah. at any point, you got 60 games, you know, you got, you have to start playing your best baseball right away, which is crazy. And it's crazy because even pitchers, like they're not going to be a hundred percent right now, a lot of those starters. So it's like the, the managers got to navigate using their pitchers the right way. Um, now you got a DH. So that throws another wrinkle into things. Mm-hmm. So it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. But uh, so what, what was, uh, I'm going to touch on the podcast again. What was one of your favorite podcasts? One of my favorite podcasts, man, I, I got a few of them. Like Tommy Pham from the Padres is just raw. Like he'll just say whatever is on his mind. Like he'll talk it. Like I, I'm, my thing is for youth, the youth, right? And he's talking about girls sliding in his DMs and all this <laughs> stuff. And I'm like, I'm like, bro, you know, this is not like, but then I realized like anybody can, you know, just whoever can relate, whoever can just turn it off and not listen to it, you know, but, but that's how you get the raw stuff. Right. You want to get that. And then uh, anything goes. Yeah. We've had some people, we've had some people tell us some crazy shit. We've had some funny shit. We've had a political one where we've had former governor of New Jersey and uh, we had no no clue. Like, yeah, they were talking so above (laughs) us. We were just like, "Uh uh-huh. Yeah. We agree with that. Like we had no idea what what they were saying. And it was like an hour and 30 minutes and it was him because he's big on prison reform. And then this guy who was came out of jail after 21 years, he was convicted of murder as a a teenager. And like, they were talking about it. And I was just like, I learned so much from the conversation, but I was like, Holy shit. Like, I was going to say that's stuff that's probably going to hit you like later on down the line. Yeah. Like that's what that dude was talking about. Yeah. No, it, it honestly opened my eyes. Like we're learning so much with this though. About, and it's so diverse. About people, different industries that we've had actors, actresses, I mean, politicians, we've had it all. So it's, it's cool, man. It really is cool. That's like diving and reading into like 20, 20 different types of books, like all in like one season. Like you're just reading a whole bunch of different stuff. That's crazy. Another guy too, Jason Hayward. Um, I think he needed to let some stuff off his chest. He was talking about like what the Braves did to him and stuff like that. And I was, I was like, man. I was going to try and DM him. I think I saw you post him. I was going to try and DM him and get him on the podcast. But Dude, DM him. Like that's, that's another thing I'm learning. You can DM anybody, right? You can just – just slide in some of the DMs. All of our guests, like you, DM, we've done DM and LinkedIn have been our two yeah. biggest. Oh, things. LinkedIn, yeah. LinkedIn, and then I, I didn't realize how big, like, LinkedIn was as far as, especially being an athlete, like, you don't use LinkedIn, but, like, I didn't realize, like. You'd be surprised there's a lot of athletes on there now. Or former yeah, athletes. Yeah, I'm starting to see A lot of them are trying to grow, like, a side business or venture or something and you see it, it's right. all over their link and it's crazy. One, one like reaches like so many people yeah, it reaches all the people that they follow all they the people that you like it'll reach them like you know right the comment the, the organic yeah, it shows like like 500 different connections and i'm like how am i connected to all these people and it's, it's like nuts. i have, have 2,000 connections so if i like your post two my 2,000 will see it and then one of them like it then they're 2,000 like you know what i mean that's it's crazy it's, 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 yeah insane. but it's important it's important the, the organic reach on, on that platform right now is unbelievable. And we still don't even really know, like, how strong it would be. Like, people are still trying to figure out LinkedIn. That's the thing. Once they fully realize it, it's going to be insane. Yeah. Like, literally, you're probably connected to everybody in the world some way. 
some way, somehow. You know, you'd be surprised how many people I see on LinkedIn, and it's like you're connected by so and so. It's two people I don't even know, but they're connected. So it's, it's, it's wild, man. It's wild. Yeah, I'm just getting random connections every day. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, you should definitely check it out, though. I mean, it's it's interesting. It is pretty cool. And you and like I said, you can meet a lot of other you know former athletes or you know whatever you're looking for for you know help or anything like that. There's people on there who can definitely help you out. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna spend some more time on there and kind of figure out how things work for sure. Yeah, it's cool. But, uh, all right, man. Uh, is there anything else you want to tell the people out there yeah. that you're working on, anything? Man, no, I just uh, – I like what you guys are doing for sure. Um, love the uh, love the branding too. I like the colors of the shirts and everything. It's kind of got that, that old school feel, but those – Man, those colors are dope. Like I, we, I, uh, we I, can send you, we can send you a shirt if you want. Yeah, we have a shit ton. Of Yo, shirts. let's get a shirt. Come on, I can send you the extraordinary I can, athletes. It's funny of them if you want. I, I, like, my whole living room stopped. <laughs> We're trying to get rid of these. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. No, they got like a little swag to them. I like that. You could definitely do some serious stuff with that graphic design for sure. That's we were talking about, we were talking with a sponsor. I have yet to hear back from them, but we came to an agreement on them. We're gonna drop them their name and their brand in our, our episodes, and we're talking about possibly collabing with our logo and their brand, which is, would be pretty cool. So that would be cool, man. You guys, I like I like what you guys are doing. It's cool. I'm a, um, you know, I'm a I'm gonna check out the podcast some more. I'm gonna see what you guys got going on, see some of the guests, and and listen. And um, but I think it's really cool, like checking out what's going on behind the person, uh, behind the scenes. Um, you know, and diving in deep and, and figuring out kind of how they navigate their path and, and where they're going. So I think that that's really cool. Yeah, every, every Monday we uh, drop an episode. So, um, yeah, I think you follow me on Instagram. You'll see yeah, it. yeah, I, I, I definitely, like, I was like, man, I got to check this out. Like, these guys are doing their thing over here. <laughs> We're just yeah. waiting for it to blow up. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to blow. It's going to blow. Uh, if you want to drop your... IG handle or whatever social media you have to the people. Yeah. Yeah. They can follow me at Xavier underscore Scruggs. Um, and then extraordinary underscore athletes is, uh, is where they can follow the brand. And um, yeah, just appreciate you guys having me on here for sure. Yeah, uh, I appreciate you coming on and I, I love everything you're doing, man. So we'll definitely, you know, hopefully maybe when this pandemic shuts down or if we're down in Tampa at any point, maybe we'll be an episode together in person, maybe come to one of the, the skills the, challenge yeah. or something. It'd be, I was going to say cool. We, we, we did an episode <laughs> with uh, Julian Wright. He used to play on Kansas, played in the NBA for a little bit. He just opened a facility down in Charlotte. We're supposed to go down there and check out his uh, facility and do an episode down there at some point too. So that's dope. That's be dope. Pretty, pretty cool, man. So uh, we'll yeah, yeah. Let's let's keep yeah let's keep in touch and uh, best of luck to you guys. And I appreciate uh, appreciate being on here. You too, man. Of course. Alright man, have a go. We'll send them too. Yeah, yeah, I'll be in touch about sending you a shirt. Yes, sir. Alright man, I appreciate it. Oh, put me in the
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.